You're listening to a Flawless Noises Media Network production. Welcome to Flawless Noises Media Network. We've put together a compilation featuring previews of all of our wonderful show's episodes from the past two weeks. Please, feel free to share with your friends, family, co-workers, significant others, Twitter and Instagram followers, and more. In doing so, you will help others get to know our sound. And don't forget, we also have a Patreon that features exclusive bonus content. For a small monthly fee, you'll have access to both audio and video content. Go to patreon.com slash flawless noises to sign up. We thank you for your support and look forward to bringing you more hashtag content. This is Ratchet Ramblings hosted by Candace, Curtis and Jeremy. Because I was not about to watch a single episode of Loving Hip Hop Hollywood. I suffered through bits and pieces of this Loving Hip Hop Hollywood premiere just so that i could get to thick ass ray j and see why he was in his panty drawers on goddamn hey, tv hey why ray j thick <laughs> like he just gave birth <laughs> listen <laughs> thick ass bitches you breastfeeding what's going on ray j listen. nigga picked up every pregnancy pound that princess lost after she had little princess i don't know that little baby name melody Ooh. melody melody she cute Let's as hell but listen ray j and the j is for juicy I was here for it. <laughs> listen. Oh. And we are listen. I mean, if we're gonna be honest about the shit, we know Ray J got dick. We know he know how to throw it. If I wanted to be trash, I could be like I, I could fuck a nigga that's fuck Whitney Houston, but I wasn't gonna go there. Curtis. I guess I kinda did a shit. <laughs> Return of the bait. Shut up. <laughs> Can I take this moment to give my friend Candace or Rosa? Because let me tell you something, friend. Things that you did, that. Yes. I really appreciate Candace taking me being trash and, you know, that small sliver of brilliance and making it a whole thing. We stand an engineer. We stand ingenuity. Mm, an ingenuitive engineer. Ooh, mm. You bo bo. have you been have you been in the My Baby Can Read books again, Jeremy? <laughs> you know what? Fuck you, <laughs> Nigga, are you preparing for the SATs? Okay. Are you are you about to go on Jeopardy? What's going on? No, no. You are eloquent as fuck tonight. <laughs> Maybe he must be drinking Hennessy White. <laughs> 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 Nikki Diamonds, if you will. Okay. I'm like, what is this? All right, all right, all right. For nothing you. going for you, nothing going for London, nothing going for Thomas. Cause shit, we also have to remember the reason that another reason Byron don't fuck with y'all, cause y'all some broke bitches. So <laughs> never never forget. How the fuck y'all taking him out but then expecting him to pay on his dime? Bitch, I know you fucking lying. Can you imagine going to your going to, to dinner for your father and not expecting to pull out your wallet? 
Like, daddy, you got it. They're like, wait, ain't y'all here for me? Them kids, them kids be like, happy birthday to you. Thanks for treating us to no boo. Like, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Marty, shut the fuck up. Why Make are you so annoying? You. <laughs> <laughs> you. <laughs> Can you please leave a tip to? <laughs> like, God damn. I got to do everything? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of places where i would not have a meal and people i would not have a meal with we see michael and ashley on a date or whatever and yuck now listen now that the charges have been <laughs> dropped he is laying it on extra thick with ashley like oh you look so good in that dress babe oh blah 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 yada 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 did she look good in that dress when you was feeling on that cameraman's ass though <laughs> feeling on his booga 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 booty Curtis <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah. Curtis Curtis I hate you sorry it was right there <laughs> it, it was it was, it was. Yeah. the timing was impeccable she was more like ten- how old is Tammy trying to be a rapper Oh, okay. And it was one of those type of things. It wasn't no, oh, why this old bitch rapping? She need to sit down. She need to find something else to do. She need... It wasn't none of that. Nope. Uh, Jack... She was just like, okay, she old school. And she left it at that. Yeah. Jack, J- Jackie told it to Tammy the, the things that Jackie wanted to say but to about Tammy, but she too chicken shit to say it with her chest. You know what? Fair. That's... Good point. Fair. Come on with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. Quality analysis. Yes. Thank you, friends. Thank you. He got his analytical jorts on today. Anna, all right. You say analytical that's a thing i guess child i guess i'm not sure if i would trust wigs from malaysia they Mm. they look good they don't like she is only a step a half of a step above jaylon aaron or i'm sorry london england (laughs) (laughs) friend (laughs) friend god damn i'm just saying the wigs they don't be that fire i I cannot disagree (laughs) And Malaysia's beautiful and she fine as fuck, thick as hell. But we have to we have to call a spade a spade and a call a part apart, I guess. I mean call a, 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 a lack of a part apart. Okay, shit. call a closure a closure, I guess. I don't know. But I just have to be honest. <laughs> I'm sorry, I Googled it. Girl, you got <laughs> <laughs> she got fucked the fuck up. <laughs> Girl, it's the first three pictures. <laughs> it's a black eye. <laughs> no, I just thought about that voice note we use with Curtis laughing in the group chat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, who the fuck punched I was you, Shrek? Your, I, was wait, I was waiting for your curiosity to get the best of you. 
But I knew it was. I was like, I bet you he's sitting over there. (laughs) 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 Bitch, who punched you? Mike Tyson, my God. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That that girl was Chun-Li. She beat her the fuck up. She did. She blacked mm. that out right on up. Mm. And Kwani light skin. And when you light skin bitches, when you got all that mouth, you got to have all that hands because y'all bruise easily. Mm. And mm. and Black that Google crew. search is is proof. Like when you drop a potato on the floor. Mm. Listen, bruise like some fruit. Oh my goodness, <laughs> <laughs> bitch! Listen, I her no girl. Beat the fuck up. You got to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> That's the motto. You gotta you gotta shut the fuck up and you go get beat the fuck up. The fuck imagine up. having yeah. imagine having any kind of mouth when you are Googleable and it shows the results of you getting beat the fuck up. And that's the first thing that Google associates. And it also looked like your teeth are fucked up too, so girl. Mm. Yeah. It was a rough night. It was mm. a rough night. Sorry, like I didn't mean to interrupt you. I know you had moved on, but that was funny. <laughs> I was like, well, let me I click on images. On <laughs> I was waiting on it. That's why I was like, let's stay here for a second, self, because I know Curtis is Googling this. Know thy friend. <laughs> Girl, you got beat the fuck up, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, the blood is all on your goddamn shirt. Girl. Or the combat. Fatality. That's what I'm like. Who the fuck beat you up? Liu Kang? God damn. Listen, for bitch her was fighting Goro. Listen, when I Googled it, I was like, bitch, you better say you got jumped. Because it looked like a bunch of motherfuckers beat your ass. One person did all that damage. Bitch, did you even pinch the bitch? Was no, you she was say, did you even pull her She was laying on the ground, balled up. Girl, you can't fucking fight with all that mouth you got. She was on the ground, balled up like Alex Beck last season. I tell you what. She went out like Mariah Lynn, mama. Oh, no. Went out sad. (laughs) (laughs) Don't talk about no Curtis. Do you see these pictures? (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Kwani, that's what you need to be saying. Don't say my name. Say hers. <laughs> Bitch, you was one step away from being a hashtag. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God Listen, damn. I was like, I'm surprised she could still see. After okay. I went and Googled them pictures, <laughs> I was like, I'm surprised that I healed. She probably blind in that one eye. <laughs> she probably do not have full vision out of it damn. with that ass whooping she got. Girl, I wouldn't like- even. Br- Listen, you a whole fool for even bringing that ass whooping up. Okay. Tell him, London. here with her fist balled up. <laughs> Kwani, my two-year-old, want a piece too, bitch. I know she can. Uh, she can't fight. <laughs> like that other anger. <laughs> ain't got no hands. Ooh, Look, oh, ma, shit. no hands. Damn, <laughs> Curtis. Curtis. <laughs> Girl, you got beat the fuck up. I'm sorry. I had to. I just had a few things I needed to say on that because sister. That's going to wrap up this episode, y'all. I hope you enjoyed the new edition. We are looking forward to seeing what happens on Beyond the Pole, or as I like to call it, Stripper Strife. Curtis. <laughs>
<laughs> okay, Let, let's go. Let's end, let's end the show. <laughs> all right, see y'all next week, okay? Bye. Who y'all? <laughs> Fuck y'all. Nick, yeah, man. Fucking menace. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Nigga. The menace and Curtis the menace is lit is literal. Okay. Oh, man. Oh, oh, damn. Y'all overreacting <laughs> like motherfucking Malaysians. <laughs> Fuck y'all. <laughs> Tearing this family apart. Okay. <laughs> Being clever. Fuck God the family. <laughs> <laughs> the family laughed at my jokes. <laughs> This is Gay Side Stories, hosted by Curtis. And mm-hmm. since you mentioned the ballroom culture, that'll slide us on into the next question. And I'm curious how being part of the spotlight on ballroom culture via Pose has affected you and how you view the LGBT community. I want to I don't know what I want to say. I'm a part of the spotlight because I feel like there's the spotlight should be on far other people in the ballroom community because I'm just now coming in and that's a space that I really value um, the memory that exists in it and the, the legends that have come before me and, and everyone that's there. But I will say being a part of Pose, being a part of ballroom at a time when people are really looking at it again Mm -hmm. um, with a very wide and and curious lens. Um, It's been really, it's been really incredible um, because I was a fan of the ballroom culture, very curious in it, in seeing it through Paris is burning, um, knowing a few people that has sort of come in and out of balls or gone to them before but being in New York now, especially where all of this was sort of was birthed out of um, and getting to meet people who really are influential in the ballroom circuit and um, really proud of the culture and the heritage that exists within the community. Um, it's I think it's really made me even cherish the black LGBTQ community even more because I can point to a a tangible, still living, still breathing, still flourishing example of our very specific history, which gives me a lot of pride. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So just for the sake, this will be the last time we mention it, but I want to make sure people know where they can see you. Which episodes of season two of Pose Mm -hmm. were you featured on? Um, I would say start with episode six, if you really want to see me. Um, that was the episode that I was featured as a ball walker in. That was really fun. I got to throw some shade back at Pray Tell for him coming for me. Um, so that was cute. And then I pop up, uh, throughout the the season because I just did a lot of, um, sort of background and, and featured background stuff for them this season, which was really fun. Um, and I'm also in drag in Candy's Funeral little red or a little yellow like canary yellow hat with a veil if you catch me there okay i'm gonna have to go back and watch i think that was the last episode i watched so i'm behind but Uh uh-uh no catch up i know i know life life be life (laughs) so i'm very curious about 
some of the common misconceptions when it comes to spirituality. And this can be yeah. specific to what you are used to and maybe even mm-hmm. broader. Just kind of some misconceptions that people think, oh, you know, I'm spiritual. I'm going to get into this. And then they get there right. and you're like, girl, it, that's not how this works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think especially nowadays in the um, post lemonade world, when spirituality as a term and an umbrella topic online um, means so many things to so many different people. Um, one of the first common misconceptions I think that comes to mind is this idea that you're going to become spiritual and then all of a sudden like wield these amazing gifts like you can see into the future and you're going to start hearing spirits and you're going to start doing tarot cards and you're going to start doing astrology like mm-hmm. what type of benefits do you think i could get from learning more about manifestation and practicing it whatever that means to me right um i mean i i, I think to begin with if you practice a very mindful and sort of day-to-day lifestyle switch uh, or lifestyle practice of manifestation where you are conscious of your words, thoughts, and actions um, in, a, in a very present and real way, that I think it, it immediately allows you to recognize patterns and behaviors um, that you have in relating to other people and in relating to yourself. And it makes it infinitely easier to see them objectively um, so that you can really begin to do work on yourself. If you have not seen it, if you have not heard, I was on the local news here in Seattle this past week. I was on King 5 News during a show that they have called Take 5. They were doing a segment called Podcast Week, where they were highlighting podcasts that are produced, recorded, whatever you want to call it, in the Seattle area. And Gay Side Stories was featured. Let me tell y'all something. (laughs) I was so nervous. And it's one of those things where it was like a slow burn. Like I wasn't nervous when I agreed to do it. I wasn't really all that nervous leading up to it. But the closer we got to it, the more my stomach started churning. And I just had this sense of unease because I've never done anything like this. I hardly even do videos of myself doing anything, speaking about anything, being silly. I It's just not something that I've really done that much. So to go from, eh, I don't even really like to turn my front camera around and take a video to, I'm going to be on TV, live TV at that. It was a pretty big step. I have to be honest. And I was scared to put myself out there like that. And everything in me wanted to run away, wanted to not do this, wanted to not be included. But I pushed through and I persevered. And part of the reason why I pushed through is because when I moved here, I made a promise to myself that it wasn't just going to be about needing a job and deciding to move to a different market so that I could work and have money to pay bills and feed myself. 
I also said, if I'm going to make this move, if I'm going to get out of my comfort zone, which is my home city that I've never lived out of, then I need to push the envelope. I need to figure out what I can do to push the the podcast and I need to just do more. Obviously, this one hit a little closer to home because it is someone in my home city. 22 years old, I cannot fathom having your life taken at 22 years old. You've barely even lived. You've not really had the opportunity in most cases to experience life, find out what you like, what you love, fall in love, let people love you, love on people, discover your passions, contribute to society and the world. It's 22 is so young. And it's so young to have your life stolen just because you're trying to be your authentic self. And I I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I don't understand how do we get out of this place? So I mentioned therapy on the show previously. And I am officially back in therapy. I had my first session last week. My new therapist seems pretty cool. He's Latinx and gay, neither of which I knew beforehand because the way that it worked was there's like this medical group that I'm going to for like my PCP and specialty doctors and stuff like that. And they pretty much run the gamut. So when I was looking for a therapist, I went through the group. I called the office. They matched me with someone and they gave me his name. I guess I could have Googled it. It didn't even occur to me because there was so much going on. Um, so when I showed up and I was like, OK, like, you know, a little bit older Latinx man. And we got into the conversation and I was like, oh, OK, he's he's quote unquote family. How you doing? So I was like, OK, I was like, OK, this is this may work. This is Not So Newlywed, hosted by Candace and Michael. Another one of the big things with me with Waste Away is, you know, while I have no doubt in my mind that you would absolutely take care of me or make sure that I'm taken care of should I fall severely ill, I don't feel like it's fair to risk that when I have all the tools that I need to take proper care of myself. Right. Um... It's one thing if it's something you can't control. You mm-hmm. can't control cancer. You can't control MS. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? You can't control, you know, heart problems and stuff like that. But with things like hypertension and diabetes and your cholesterol, you can control those things with proper diet and exercise, losing weight, going to the doctor when you should, staying on top of these things. But in instances where it is a situation like um, MS or just cancer or, you know, it's some other major ones that I right. can't recall. Um, you get to a point where you have to do the work to make sure that that is not uh, bearing down on your relationships. I, I kind of like uh, this step because it gives you the opportunity to kind of take control back yeah from the illness itself yeah like it, it like one of the first things they encourage you to do is to try to gain control like 
um, go out, search, research, you know, the disease itself or, or the illness itself and, you know, see what you can do um, that you're capable of doing to kind of make yourself feel more healthy and, and just be more healthy overall. Yeah. Um, also, um, for whatever you may be feeling about it, they do encourage you to, to seek counseling. Yeah. Um, and just ha- be able to have those people around you that you can um, confide in as well as get good advice from to, to try to help with your mental health as well. So that because I, I feel like a lot of times people get sick and their phys- as their physical health starts to deteriorate, their mental health starts to deteriorate yeah, as well. It's almost like those two are kind of tied together. Yeah. I feel like the costs are minimal if you stay on top of it. The costs are not, the costs exist. There's no such thing as non-existent costs once you have a chronic illness. But right. if you are taking care of yourself, you can minimize some of the costs because the less that you take care of yourself, the sicker you get, the sicker you get, the more, the more care you need, need more yeah. meds you need. So, again, be honest about the financial strain associated with a chronic illness. Um, it doesn't make, you know, you a terrible person, um, but you have to have the honest conversation so that you are not going in debt or going without things that you need. Right, right. Um, they even suggest getting maybe like a personal financial advisor yeah um that can maybe help you kind of allocate some of these funds and see um you know maybe where you can cut back on certain stuff to continue um to afford the life that you've been living yeah so i i like that idea as well yeah not everybody may be able to do that because that's almost like another expense that's another expense but but yeah if you have if you have the capability to do so, um, you know, the article said that there are financial planners who, um, are experts in handling chronic medical conditions. I did not know that that's new to me, Mm. but they do exist. And if you are able to afford one or speak with one or have a consultation with one, um, I would suggest that you do so. It doesn't seem like a bad idea to me. This is Mama Meets World, hosted by Brie. Starting with question one, um, is being a working black woman, do you ever feel like corporate America is against you? Every damn day I go to work, I feel like corporate America is against me. Why? Who? This was something to just jump into. Yeah. Um, I think the hardest thing about being in corporate America as a black woman is I'm not allowed to be myself. Um, people automatically perceive you as sassy or mean or have stuck up or have an attitude just for answering questions without a smile on your face or just for. How did you feel when you turned 13? Did you feel different? I did feel different because I was kind of like, all right, let's get it popping. I'm 13. I'm an adult now. Little did I know I wasn't. (laughs) I don't know. I guess I felt like I should feel different, but I didn't feel any different because I already had a lot of responsibilities. I already felt a lot of weight on me, so I didn't feel different. I know that um, I started looking more inward. So when you're growing up as a child, 
you know, you don't really focus on yourself. You don't really listen to the voice inside your head. You don't really, you know, reflect on how can I be better? How can I do better? And I think that's when my voice flipped on. Like, okay, you handle the situation like this, but how can you really handle it? Stop being self-reflective. Uh, I kind of feel like I've always had that voice, but I feel like instead of kind kind of trying to help me, uh-huh. it kind of stressed me out. Like, should I have handled this situation this way? What do you love about being a black woman? Everything. Anything specific? Yeah. So your favorite thing about my favorite thing about being a black woman is we have and beyond these words, so much damn swag. Like (laughs) everything we touch is gold. We make things cool that people thought couldn't be cool. People emulate the way that we walk, the way that we talk, the way that we do makeup, the way that our skin looks, our fashions, our body shapes. People are trying to be who we are. I agree. That is what makes me proud to be a black woman because I could touch anything and make it gold. What makes you proud to be a black woman? Um, I like just being who I am. And it just makes me happy that I am. What is one of the joys of raising children? Mm. <clears throat> one of the joys of raising children I haven't seen yet. Because enjoying raising children is one day looking up and realizing that you guys are functioning adults who don't need a, a heap of counseling to <laughs> <laughs> correct your childhood, to that that understand how to make the best choices for yourself, that you just prosper in adulthood. That's my that will be my biggest joy. But the joy I have now is just seeing your faces and seeing you happy and healthy. Like that gives me joy. Um, what was your what is your favorite part of parenting me? My favorite part of parenting you is watching t- telling you something or teaching you a concept and then letting you learn how to apply it to something else. Um, so one good example that I have is I always tell you, use your voice, speak up for yourself. If it's something you need to do, then you do it. You know, you gotta put your big girl draws on sometimes and you gotta just roll with it. And Jaden went to camp with my aunt and uncle. They have a wonderful program um, that's a STEM STEAM camp. And Jaden was texting me like, I don't want to be here. I don't know. Like, this feel like little kid shit. And I was like, if you want something different, do something different. And I didn't give her any other direction than that. But I've always told her to speak up for herself. And what'd you do? I ended up being a counselor in training. Why? Because I spoke up for myself and I felt... How do you, what did, What was your perspective of college before you really? Before went? I really went to college, I thought college was all fun. You did? I did. I um, didn't think it was work. I thought that I was naturally smart and a good test taker, so I would naturally do well, and I didn't um, because I had other things on my plate. I was a good student, but I wasn't a focused student. And if I would have dedicated a little bit more energy to school, then I wouldn't still be trying to get my damn degree. Um, what's something that you wish you could tell yourself in the past and what's something you, could, you wish you could tell yourself in the future? Something I could tell myself in the past is there is no man, no relationship, no friendship worth putting your goals aside for nobody. If they want you to put your life on hold for them, they're not meant for you because anybody who loves you is going to want to see you do more and do better.
This is Crown and Collards, hosted by Jeremy, Will, and Bianca. I remember her and Buster Rhymes was always coming yes. out with some. Who also deserves his things. He deserves his things before he eats them. Mm, I, you know, I wasn't going to do that, even though you lined it up perfectly. <laughs> I wasn't going to do that, but, uh, you know. I, 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 word to Hustleman, uh, Buster been eating the burgers, y'all. You know, I you know what I ain't gonna hold him because I too am a fat ass Kelly Price. So you know I'm not even gonna hold him. I'm Listen, not gonna. I, I don't fault him for it either because if I was if I was paid with no worries in my listen, I'd be eating them burgers too. Shit. Limited. Listen, the main reason I can't lose no goddamn weight now is because I eat all the things and, and I'm broke as fuck. Imagine if I had Buster's money. You who whoops skinny wear. <laughs> Skinny wear, stiff wear. <laughs> so you know what I'm saying. So I can't even hold him. We have been friends with benefits for a very long time. Good friends, good benefits. We are two peas in a pod at times, which is always made for a strong friendship. Only problem is now, upon closer examination of said partnership, I have come to realize that it is just that perfect. There is no stronger bond than the one that we have. It is unbreakable. However, now I realize I love you. Wow. Now do I pursue happiness or leave it alone? I really treat, I really think true happiness is attainable out of this. Now, am I alone in feeling this swing? Do you wish to ignore but still understand it? I'll know soon. The end. Boy, fuck you. <laughs> You gonna write a goddamn misconnection <laughs> about somebody you fucking already? <laughs> Where's the misconnection? The connection has already been made. Many men are head ass, and you know we have to be honest. It's not women doing these mass shootings. It's not because women don't have time for that shit. Women got enough shit they got to deal with already from men. We listen if we. See, men get tired of dealing with women and go shoot some shit up. Women get tired of dealing with men and they, they go make some money and take care of their health and shit. Like, right. Somebody, there's a reason why women outlive men in pretty in almost every fucking scenario. Correct. And that's in spite of the shit they have to deal with from us. <laughs> because when men start keep fucking up and shit and fucking up in relationships, they don't ever take the time to get themselves right. Instead, they do stupid shit like this shooting places up and cutting women up because they don't want to give them their numbers and shit. Stalking people. Creeping up on them in gyms and shit. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you niggas, man? Leave people alone and learn how to respect their space. Learn how to respect boundaries. Get you some boundaries and then respect other people's boundaries. About the whole having a seat at the table thing, right? Historically, historically, when someone, when you have a seat at the table with the oppressed oppressor, historically, it usually doesn't amount to any real change, because historically, most change, most substantial change, has been, you know, when someone of, takes a chainsaw to the table. Basically, like it's for lack of a better word, it's been violent. Change has happened when things have been violent. Change has not been when things are peaceful and you're talking it out like both sides are equal. And that's the that's the illusion of having a seat at the table. You thinking you on equal terms and you not. Well, not even violent, but change is radical. That yes. 
Yes. I get so tired of like, like you said, like the right wing doing all this carrying on because we know y'all don't really give a shit about these damn kids. Because when you get, because when these kids get here, you take everything from them. We know y'all don't really give a shit about these motherfucking kids. This is all just nobody is team fuck them kids like, like some old white people. Listen, listen, they are the original fuck them kids. And if you don't believe us, uh, look at the NRA. Mm-hmm. Now those are fuck them. Those are fuck them kids. Supremes right there. They are. They are not true. New to this. They are true to this. They are true, and they fuck them kids. Them. They don't Listen. give a shit about these motherfucking kids. Bulge action on the air train earlier tonight, Sunday. You you writing this shit on the Lord's Day? I know you fucking lying. Around 8 p.m., I caught the L train earlier tonight, Sunday, around 8 p.m., caught the L into Brooklyn to get, ooh, you can't spell, together at Union Square. I was a very tall, good-looking fit guy. Every time, every motherfucker that called himself good-looking on here, I almost assume you look like a foot. That motherfucker probably look like a wrinkled thumb. Stumbling uh, <laughs> face-ass nigga. So he look like Jermaine Dupri is what you're saying. Anyway, where am I? Call him a kettlebell. Okay, all right. Wearing black sleeveless shirt. First of all, nigga. Okay. Uh, Oh, Donnell Jones ass nigga. A sleeveless shirt and black running shorts. You were tall, fit, salt, and pepper. Sexy as hell. Wearing gray shirt and had a leather shoulder bag. Standing beside each other, exchanging glances. Your hand kept finding its way to my crotch. What the? And from our Patreon, this is The Portal. Hosted by Michael and Candace. Do you have anything else to add as far as Death Note goes? So, like what you uh-huh. got from it? Just not being like an anime enthusiast as myself. Just but what you kind of felt from it from when you first watched it. You can kind of go into some of the things you maybe didn't like about it as well. Okay, so the first thing that I did like about it was I like the premise. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like the fact that the... Some of the fate of humanity rested in the hands of a teenager. And he had the ability to actually rid the world of these people who, mm-hmm. because they were all adults. That's the funny thing. The one, I've seen this in a couple animes too. Like even Dr. Stone has that kind of premise. Adults screw up the world. Yeah. And they are everything that's wrong with the world. Mm-hmm. That was the kind of thing that I got from Death Note initially. This is Bring It Bike, hosted by Jeremy and Bianca. So this uh, this album also has a song on it called You Should Have Told Me You Had a Man. You had the you like it was fucking Usher singing and shit instead of. Okay. Joe, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you can't tell me that. You couldn't put Don't Want to Be a Player after that and tell a dope ass story about, ah, you know, I found out this woman had a man. It it shook me to my core. You know what? I don't want to be a player anymore because I'm putting other dudes in this in this situation. That could have been a perfect story tell. But I get it. This is a time when you led R and B albums with the singles, even you know, especially when they appeared on different soundtracks and stuff. Mm-hmm. But that would have been a cold sequence in on that. So mm-hmm. Yep. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. This is Backwoods Burn Book, hosted by Jeremy. 
Well, no, not my nigga, because honestly, if, if I was close to Bow Wow, I would beat the shit out of Bow Wow. I'm going to be honest. I, I'm that kind of friend. Like, I can hold my friends accountable if they fucking up, but it's only so many times where either like, okay, my nigga, either you're going to get these words or you're going to get these hands. Because for me, if I'm your friend, you're a reflection of me. So if you out here being a bozo, that in turn reflects on me. It's like, damn, you out here being with bozos? What? Like, so... And this is for a lot of niggas. Like, a lot of niggas have, a lot of these celebrities, niggas in general, but especially these celebrities, they have yes people around them. Like, they don't have real friends. They have yes people around them for access to their money, their fame, X, Y, Z. I ain't built like that. I ain't that type of nigga. Like, if you my friend and I can't hold you accountable, we don't need to be friends because you want an enabler. You don't want a friend. This is the Weekly Wind Down, hosted by Candace and Curtis. So the dude suffered burns to his face, and that was what drew me to the story because they had the picture of him <laughs> with all those burns on his face. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? So the police say that this dude entered the victim's home armed with a gun and that she used a pot full of hot grease to defend herself. So the first thing that popped into my head when I read this was like, what was she about to cook? <laughs> <laughs> a whole pot of because if you see the pictures of his face like that was a lot of grease what was you was you about to fry some chicken girl what was you doing some pork chops because she needed a lot of grease so she had to have been frying something and she fried his ass that's what she did listen because his skin is still crackling okay call that nigga chicharron <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the picture of his face, child, she fucked him up. She sure did. <laughs> White people are cre- creepy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've, listen, first of all, I don't have no desire to go fishing, but that's neither here nor there because I'm not an outdoorsy person. Mm. But cool. But when you're going to be, learn what to fuck with and what not to fuck with in nature. Octopus ain't never been, they ain't never been no hoe. Mm-hmm. I ain't trying to, I'm not trying to get caught up in the mix with nothing with eight nothing. <laughs> eight legs, eight tentacles, eight whatever. Leave shit alone. Walking around here with stroke face because you playing too fucking much. <laughs> Ew. Squidward was like, not today, bitch. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> That octopus was probably like, got him. (laughs) (laughs) Take this, bitch. All 13 known transgender people that have been killed this year alone have all been black trans women. No known murders of white trans women, Hispanic trans women, Latinx trans women any other ethnicity or race the only murders known murders again because candace and i have talked about wondering how many murders are out there that we don't even know about because the people are misgendered or whatever the case may or they just don't get enough traction but all of them have been black trans women and so i was already reeling from that I'm at work looking through stuff. I see another article that another black trans woman was murdered, making her the 14th. 
famous, infamous, I don't know, the stripper Malia Michaels. And she made a statement and was saying, and she asked a question, and she said, if I get into a one-on fight with a trans woman, is that a fair fight? And they dragged her ass, rightfully so. Um, Shit like that contributes to trans black trans women being murdered okay when you create these transphobic hysterias and panics when you ask these hypothetical uh, hypotheticals and air quotes because that's not hypothetical at all um when you do shit like that uh trans women have a black trans women have enough to worry about without cis het women contributing to it um and then as usual bobby lights little messy ass jumped into (laughs) it talking shit uh just getting his fenty foundation every fucking where when nobody (laughs) asked for (laughs) come on fenty bird Uh, oh man <laughs> Bert with the blush <laughs> Curtis <laughs> Curtis <laughs> <laughs> No, nah, that's the show type <laughs> <laughs> Yeah that's the one <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again for supporting Flawless Noises Media Network. You can go to our website, FlawlessNoises.com, for more information. If you want to buy some merch, you can also do that at our website or go directly to FlawlessNoises.com slash store. We have merch from Ratchet Ramblings, Mama Meets World, Gay Side Stories, and the network with more to come. Again, our Patreon is patreon.com slash flawless noises. You can go there for bonus content, including audio and video. Flawless Noises Media Network, get to know our sound. <laughs>